On today's show, we talk to a dad whose son is being bullied and he wants to know how he can partner with the school to help his son. We talk to a woman who asked the question, is my marriage over? And we talk to a woman who is struggling with her divorce, forgiving herself and moving on. And more, stay tuned. Is that how you sing that song? That's not, oh, I missed the melody, I think. Hold me closer, tiny dancer. You missed something. We'll just leave it at that. This is the John Deloney Show. What's up? Hope you're doing well and you are having a good time. Dude, that's, that scene in Almost Famous makes me cry 100% of the time. Every time. And this weekend, my son and I were on a, geez Louise, we were bonkers adventure. And that song came on the radio. I started getting a little choked up. He's like, Dad, what are you doing? Hold me closer, tiny dear. I'm happy to be on the show with you today. On this show, we talk about mental health, relationships, everything. And so if you want to be on the show, give me a shout at johndeloney.com slash ask. If you want singing lessons from me personally, um, you can email James directly and he will set them up. You can clearly have an incredible singer. Um, I think that the phone's going to ring off the hook for that one. So, or you can call 1-844-693-3291. You can be on the show. Man, we are, I'm not, kind of all over the place today. James, kind of all over the place. Let's go to Zach in SLC, Utah. What's up, Zach? Hey, John. Thanks for having me on the show. You got it, man. What's going on, dude? Hey, so, my my 12-year-old son was uh, physically assaulted at school last week. Oh. Uh, it's, brought, it's brought to light some some separate bullying issues, which we've struggled with. Um Hoping with your background in education and mental health that you've got some tools and wisdom to offer because mine don't seem to be working. <laughs> man, 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 man. Okay, so what happened at school with, with the assault? Did you get in a fist fight? What happened? Uh, they were just playing basketball. Some kid got upset about him shooting from the side of the key instead of the back of it or the front of it. Mm-hmm. Um, he just uh, got all of up in his face and the, the teacher came and got him and separated him. As they were walking away, my son had turned around and and the teacher, the kid bolted from the teacher, came up and cold talked to my son a couple times. Okay. Uh, just kind of out of nowhere. So what happened to, well, none of that comes out of nowhere. It may have been out of nowhere for that situation. What what happened to your son? I mean, to, to your son, what happened to that young man? Is the young man out of school? Uh, so school didn't even call me. A kid in the school called my son's mother, who were, were divorced from. Uh, she called me. I went up to the school and kind of, stormed into the assistant principal's office and uh, got some answers, but uh, basically they short suspension and and uh, they don't care. I, I insisted that the, the kid be moved out of that class. Um, I don't know if I'm overreacting. Uh, yeah. You, you, you tell me. <laughs> I think that, uh, well, well, there's a couple things. One, I don't like the fact that your kid got hit in the face and the school didn't call you. That's absurd. That's yeah, obnoxious and absurd. Um, they're always talking, schools everywhere are talking about parent um, participation in the kid's life. And that's not just when it comes to math homework. That also means in the good stuff and the tough stuff. Um, clearly, this other young man's got stuff going on. Is there a possibility, and before I get into it, I'm not ever excusing another kid hitting another kid in the face, okay? It's obnoxious. It's stupid. It doesn't how we solve problems. But it does happen. Okay. Is there a chance that your son participated in this? Meaning, was he popping off at the mouth? Was he mouthing off? Is there stuff that you can talk to your kid about? Or is he a, um, 
a is there a is are these consequences of something that he may have participated in whether they're right consequences or not are they consequences or is he victim of a senseless act of like of teenage bullying here you know he's a I'm not saying he's perfect or anything, but he's not the kind of kid to go popping off or, or anything like that. Okay. Um, but he, he, so I mean, our entire school existence, we've struggled with people uh, being. He's just like a magnet to, to being jerked around. Uh, we, in fact, we we changed schools uh, the start of this year because of that, to hoping for kind of a fresh start. Kids have kind of pegged him as as some things, and they're hoping for a change. Uh, and that's, I guess that's the, the underlying issue is it, it's just a theme and I don't know how to address it. Being objective. And I know this is hard cause it's your son. Um, and here, here, let me ask, let me tell you where I'm headed here. And then, um, it's, it's going to sound like I'm coming after you and I'm, I'm not. Okay. Mm-hmm. But when I look at a situation and there's multiple, multiple environments and multiple groups of people and there's one common denominator i'm asking you is there anything objective that you can say your son is this is why does he have special needs is he have uh, fill in the blank is he contributing like what what is it there um i experienced that growing up my son's experienced that growing up and there's some things that just aren't fair in the world and there's there's some idiots out there in the world and there's some stuff that we were doing that was contributing to it so is just looking objectively at your son from a, from arm's length. Is there anything that he's contributing to this? You know, I, the only thing that comes to mind, I guess, the, the one thing I kind of struggled to connect with him on was he's just like super, uh, extroverted and, and, uh, different for me in that regard. Um, he's, he's kind of loud and, um, I mean, in like a, a, not, not an aggressive way, but, uh, He's just a lot, I guess, is the way that I've heard you put it before. <laughs> so, I know this kid, and he is me. So, yes. <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, he's got a bright future. Maybe he too can be a YouTuber someday. And uh, <laughs> wow, look how it's working out for me. <laughs> working out for me. <laughs> um, so here, here's the the. There's a couple of big metas here. Okay, number one, I would circle back when you're not, um, and that might be now. There is a, I'm storming into the principal's office to find out if my kid is safe. And it's obnoxious and it's disrespectful that they didn't call you. Both for him, that they're just going to send him home with that level of trauma and without you knowing it. That's, that's just bad pedagogy. That's bad, um, bad child care. And... That they didn't participate, they, they didn't bring you along to say, hey, your kid's been hurt. Here's some things that we want to work on with your family, with their with other family, everything. That's number one. So you have that right and responsibility. And you have that moment when you charge in. Now that that the smoke is cleared on that incident, I would love for you to circle back with the school counselor, with the school principal, and say, What am I missing here? This is, we've moved schools. There's got to be something here that my son's contributing or that is making it to where other people don't like him, that I want to be able to coach him on, teach him on, or take that posture and you may learn some things. They may say, yeah, your kid, actually, you wouldn't ever think it, but um, 
he's pretty handsy. He gets real excited about things and he's always bumping into people and putting his hands on people. And for some kids, that's a threat. Or he talks a lot of trash on the basketball court or whatever the thing is. And it may be none of this, but here's, I'm, I'm going to do my due diligence as a dad. Am I contributing to this in any shape, form, or fashion? It's my son. The second thing is, and this is going to sound backwards, and I don't want all of the internet warriors to come after me on this, but your son needs to have some sort of discipline in his life, preferably through whether it's taking jujitsu classes, whether it's taking some sort of, uh, he's, does he play any sort of after school sports? Well, he did boxing for a few years. Okay. But, uh, then we got worried about TBI stuff. And so we, we, we stopped that. Great. So I would transition him to both of my kids will start jujitsu soon. I'll put it that way. This is something I'm doing in my own house. Here's why. Number one, it teaches them discipline and it teaches them when to and how to. It also teaches them to identify when a threat is actually a threat and when somebody's being a knucklehead. And it teaches them, oh, this is what could happen. And I was a hot-headed, loudmouth idiot until I started taking jujitsu classes, until I started training with a professional MMA team. And dude, it changed my life. And it changed my life and made me infinitely less of a hothead. I don't even consider getting in fights anymore. Not because I can't handle myself because they're stupid and a waste of my time. They're absolute waste of my okay. life, right? And if one comes to me, I'll be okay. You know what I mean? But there's a level of confidence that it sounds counterintuitive. I don't want to teach somebody how to fight to avoid fights. There is something about teaching a young person, whether my daughter and my son are both going to do this. They learn strength. They learn resilience. They learn toughness. They learn discipline. And they learn how to walk away. Or how to back out of a situation. How they had to go, <laughs> all right, cool, man. And they laugh and they know it's not a threat to my ego, to their, to their self-esteem, whatever. Because their ego and self-esteem and honor are in other places. The th- third thing is, is I would get really clear about forgiving yourself with about this. Because I can hear it on you. How much, am I wrong? Uh, how he's been through through some stuff. He's a pretty resilient kid, but his life hasn't been perfect. No, but I'm. I, you're hanging on to some stuff. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm not sure exactly where where to go with that, but uh, yeah, I'm sure there's some stuff I could I could figure out. If kids getting bullied, it's not your fault, man. I, I, uh. And I know you don't believe me. You don't. I know that. And you hit get kid got hit in the mouth. You asked yourself, "What should I have done? What could I have done?" Whatever. I'm telling you, is man, your kid it sounds like your kid ran into a hothead. When you when you say you experienced bullying in other places, back the, back up. Where what other it brought to light bullying? What other bullying is he experiencing? Yeah. So he pointed out that we were leaving the school. And he pointed out a kid, and he, he mentioned that that kid had been a jerk to him. Asked for more details, and he said, "You know, he'll walk up to him in the halls and kick him or punch him or or whatnot." Yeah. And, uh, Does your so for example? Go ahead. Go ahead. So earlier in that same class period, that same kid, and in, in, in that conversation, this was a few days before he got cold talked by the a basketball player. Um, he told me that, 
And I said, well, you, you got to tell someone, you got to do something about it. You can't just deal with it. And, uh, so that period, that same kid, uh, punched him once. He said, you need to stop. He punched him in the back again. He said, you need to stop. He did it again. So he went and told the teacher, teacher pulled him aside and, and talked to him. Um, seems like an insufficient response to me. And it just pisses me off that, that a kid gets talked to for, for repeatedly punching it. I don't know. I just, uh, yeah. Yeah. Still so out of control. Have you talked to the teacher about it? I talked to the principal. Yeah. He, he basically told me that that kid has a history of things like that and that they're working with counselors and, and that's it. I mean, there's nothing to, there's nothing more going on to, to distance him from my son or, or do anything like that. So what I would suggest is having a gentle, kind, but passionate conversation in a non-threatening way, but let them know I will bring legal action upon this school if my kid gets hit one more time. We have put you on notice that these particular children are hitting my child and making my child unsafe at school. If my child's contributing in any way, let me know. If he's talking trash, if he's pushing first, if he's bouncing around into other people, whatever, you let me know. But you are on notice now, and if somebody else hits my child, I'm going to hold the school liable because we've told you, and you're not doing anything about it. And you say that in a gentle, kind way, and probably what they will say is, we can't continue this conversation anymore because you've threatened legal action, and you say, great, let me talk to the general counsel of the district. Okay. I, I mean, I guess you're right. I guess that's where the guilt comes in. It just feels like, yeah. Like, yeah. And I do, I do identify with your son saying, I, I'm telling the adults in my life, the teachers in my life, and they're not doing anything about this. That's a scary place for a child to be. And the children deserve to go to school and feel safe. Okay. And so this is a three-prong approach here Uh, actually a four-prong approach how often i'm gonna ask you a hard question how often do you hug your kid like daily good keep doing that let him feel not here let him feel that you love him okay the second thing is has he seen any sort of counseling or anything since the divorce uh yeah a little bit how's that how's that going I don't think you got a whole lot from it. Okay. Maybe y'all two go together and say, we're going to commit to healing. You've been through a lot. I've been through a lot. We're going to go together. I don't even know what that looks like, but what I'm trying to say is he needs a model for taking care of yourself. He doesn't have that. And that starts with you. The third thing is, is get him in some sort of jujitsu class, physical activity class, gymnastics class, a class where he can use his body where he can be, grow and develop self-confidence and discipline and teamwork and learn, oh, wow, this is how this ends. And that teaches him a thousand ways, how to walk away, how to back out, how to be confident, how to stand up with a teacher and say, this can't, right? How to, how to take care of himself. And number four, be very direct and intentional with the school when it comes to your child's safety. Okay. Give that a shot, man. And man, most how do of, I have that conversation trying to dig in and see what, what he's doing without saying this is your fault? 
You had that conversation with the school and with the teacher? Okay. Yeah, you had that with the school okay. and with the teacher. And it, a good skilled counselor that the two of y'all are going together. And you tell them, okay. I want to I learn how to be the best dad I can. And so we're going to go talk to this professional. And I want to be the best dad ever. And maybe you didn't have the best dad model for you. Or you have done some things or said something. You want to be better at it and better at it. And so you let them know. Um, hey, I want you to come with me to these to these things. I'm gonna I'm gonna be learning some new things. You're gonna be learning some new things. We're gonna do this together. Uh, but you model it for them. And a good counselor would say, "Oh, what if we said this instead of that?" Right. So they'll help with that. It's not pointing. Like, what are you doing? What are you contributing to this? Um, but I think a, a good conversation with the with the principal and the counselor and his teachers will say, "This is how we experience your kid." And there's, that's hard because nobody wants to say my kid's being bullied and it's on me or my kid's contributing to this because it's never okay to punch a kid in the face. Don't hear me say that at all in any shape, form, or fashion. It's never okay. And that 12-year-old's a child. The one that hit your kid is a child too. And so there's an interaction going on between children and I want to teach my son, A, how to stand up for himself, how to take care of himself, how to walk away with dignity, and how to not get himself in some of these situations. And if it's happening over and over and over and over again, it could be your kid's got special needs. It could be your kid is um, got some is just different. He's tall, he's short, fill in the blank, and kids are just ruthless and mean. And that's where they need adults in their life to step in and say, I'm going to help keep you safe. This is how we treat each other. This is how we talk. And if the school tells me, oh, yeah, that's just one of our violent kids. We're working with them. <laughs> not on my kid, you're not. Absolutely, you're, that violent kid isn't going to practice being less violent on my kid. That's the school's responsibility to lean in and keep all of their kids safe, that kid included, and your kid. Whew, it's a mess, brother. It's a mess. We'll be right back on the Dr. John Deloney Show. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Be honest. How often do you find yourself pausing in the middle of a day and it feels like there is so much going on. And you find yourself wondering, what would I do with just a spare hour or 30 minutes? Can you even imagine? And it's in these moments that we often realize we're living someone else's life. Everyone else's schedules, priorities, and emergencies are driving our lives. And we can't keep carrying this load for everyone and everything. And it's in these moments when it feels like too much or when you need some help parsing through all the chaos that talking to a professional therapist can be a game changer. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you have with boundaries, time, commitments, and your own self-worth. And that can be in relationships with your friends, people at work, your significant other, or even how you can make and keep commitments with yourself. Therapy can be amazing for figuring out what even makes you happy anymore and how to go make it happen. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, try BetterHelp. Because therapy isn't just for people who've experienced trauma. It's great for building skills so you can be the best version of yourself. BetterHelp is completely online, so it's flexible enough to fit your schedule. Just fill out a short questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no extra cost. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Deloney today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Deloney. All right, we're back. And we're going to go to Jessica in San Antonio. Jessica, are you there now? 
Yes. S- sorry. Here. Can you hear me? Yes, I screwed up the buttons. I was hitting all the wrong buttons. No, you're fine. <laughs> I'm all fired up after that last call. Can't stand it when <laughs> schools don't help out kids. Hey, so what's up? I know. Um, my question is how do I know if my marriage is over or if I <laughs> just just a just a light question among friends? Yes, just very light. You know, I'll wait. I'll let you pour your wine. So, <laughs> dude, I I don't know that wine's going to cut it on this one. So, why are you asking that question? Um, I don't really even know where to start. But I guess I'll start about three years ago. I became a stay-at-home mom. I love my kids. Like that is, I, I just I love being a stay-at-home mom. Everything is good. And me and my husband had a great marriage before I worked, he worked, everything was good. And then as soon as we moved and I became a stay-at-home mom, it was like everything flipped. And I just don't know if it's even, I don't even know if I can come back from some of the things that have happened the last three years. What have happened? Rattle them off for me. Okay. Well, um, no, no, no explanations, just rattle them off. Okay. Um, he has accused me of being a mooch and that I'm only after his money, that I need to be a better mother, that I can't handle our kids. And that's why I send them to school, not because it's a state law, but I send them to school because I can't handle my children, um, that I can't clean the house good enough. He will not eat any dinner that I make because I'm not a good enough cook. We haven't had sex in over four or five months now. Um, he comes home. He won't look at me. He won't talk to me. Uh, I can't even have a conversation with him. Everything I do is not enough. I also run two small businesses and I'm studying to get my real estate license. And that is not enough for him. I can't do anymore. And I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm to the point to where he told me to leave a few months ago and I left and I came back after the weekend. And I'm wondering why I even did that because I just, when is enough enough? And are my feelings even justified? Because I know there's so many other marriages out there that are far worse than mine, you know, and he's not mean to me because he doesn't even talk to me, you know, but he doesn't abuse me. He doesn't do anything. But at the same time, I mean, I want a marriage. I want a partner. I want someone to raise my kids with. He does nothing with our children. He comes home, drinks his beer, passes out on the couch, and he's done with life. And I don't, I don't want that. I want someone there. I want a conversation. I want someone to be interested in what me and the kids are doing. I want him to go to the holidays with us. I do all of that by myself and he stays home. And I want, I want a partner and I'm just, I'm tired of trying to figure out if he's the partner I used to have anymore. (sighs) I think that was it. No. That would have been awesome know. if you'd exhaled real big and then you had like a round two. Kept that would have been, that would have been incredible. <laughs> and I do have a round two, but it's just, these are the major ones. That he I took the roof the off and time. sold the shingles. He burned yes. my car. He, yes. Um, yes. So yeah. when did he start cheating on you? That's what I'm wondering. I'm asking you, you know, when did it start? Oh gosh, I feel like it has been going for a really long time, and that's—I don't know. I do not know because you, uh, I don't know if I you was know. blind. You know, when did it start? Uh, I feel like it started when because he moved here before me and my kids did. Okay, and I think it started there. 
I think something happened. I don't know if he's still doing it, but something's killing him inside. And have you talked to him about I think it? That started. Um, I've asked him before, and when it, when I talk to him about stuff like this, it's like I can see his eyes. He shuts down, and he'll just tell me, "I can't talk about this right now," or "I can't deal with this." And so that's kind of how our conversations go. Like it's not really, it's there's no back and forth. You know what I mean? Do, do they happen? At, do they happen in the in the context of another fight? No, maybe. Let maybe me after. let me put it this way. Sometimes, and by sometimes I mean almost always, couples get into arguments, and that turns into the, I think you're cheating on me. Mm-hmm. And that's when somebody goes, I can't have this conversation now. Shut down. Yeah. That's different. So the way I, like, that's like me lifting weights, like I'm doing squats in my gym at my house. And then my wife comes up while I'm in the middle of doing squats. And she's like, hey, by the way, I'm going to throw some kettlebells on your shoulders and you can do some shoulder presses too. Like, yeah. I, I, I can't do everything. You know what I mean? So the only way, here, your marriage is over. Let me say that. Yeah, no. What you had is over, and you know that. You didn't. You didn't need some idiot podcaster to to confirm that for you. <laughs> what you have to the, let me say this: the the marriage that as you once knew it is over. Mm-hmm. The choice you have now is: do you want to rebuild something new and better and stronger and more awesome? And do you have a partner to do that building with? Or are you going to accept every single signal he's given you telling you, I don't want to be in relationship with you anymore? I know. I'm, the thing that's holding me is the kids. I don't. What I don't do you think? What do you think up? they're experiencing? You didn't break up anything. Your husband broke it up. I'm thinking. I'm like, they don't, they don't even know what a relationship looks like. No. And they don't have their dad because he's never here. And whenever he is off work, and, he's somewhere else. And they don't have their mom. Let's yeah. be clear. You're gone too. Yeah. You haven't been you for a long time. And you can say you're not being abused. He's not hitting you. I think neglect is one of the worst evils you can do to somebody. Because you're there in body, but you're not there in spirit. Yeah. And that starves people. At least when you're gone, you're off with your girlfriend or with your other boyfriend. I know where you are. Yeah. But when you're sitting in front of me or next to me and you're not present, I don't know where you are. It's disorienting. It's, 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 I, I, I think it's evil. And so I think neglect is abuse. But that's just me, and I'm just a podcaster. So what do I, what do I know? <laughs> and I'll tell you, comparing your marriage to all the other marriages out there, and they've got it worse, that doesn't help anybody. Don't do that. Yeah. If I'm you, I would – mean back up. Why do he tell you – why did he kick you out? Why did he tell you to leave? He accused me of stealing money from him. Did you? No, I paid the bills. <laughs> How dare you, Jessica? Gosh, well, that's what I was like. I'm paying the bills. Go look at the bank account. I'm not 
stealing money from you to go on this lavish shopping spree. How old, how, how, how old is he? 36. Okay. So the compassionate part of me, which isn't, I always want to try to see the other side of a situation. Mm-hmm. He's done something. He's doing something. He's something's happened to where he is no longer the man he once was. Yeah. And he has chosen to exit your relationship, but still sleep in the same bed. Oh, he don't even sleep in the same bed. We haven't slept in the same bed in almost four years. Then why are you calling me and asking me if your marriage is over? Because I don't know what to do. God <laughs> almighty. At least bring beer over if you're going to ask me like this. What are you doing? I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I love him. I don't want to, oh gosh, I don't even know how to describe it, you know? And I don't, sometimes Hold I on. think like. You, you for sure know how to describe it. You're choosing not to. I just, I don't know if his issues come from his parents' marriage. Doesn't matter. I know. Doesn't matter. Who cares where they come from? I, they are. How do I even get through to him? Like, is there even, but I, I feel like I've tried everything that I can. And now it, 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 the only thing that's left for me to do is seriously just pack my crap and go. Why doesn't he pack his? It's where you and the kids <sighs> live. Because I feel like I can't tell him to get out of his house. I mean. Why are you, why are you using that kind of pronoun language? It's y'all's house. Y'all are married. Y'all have kids. Y'all pay the bills. You have a job. He's got a job. I know. I know. I know. I should just <laughs> ask for some help. I'm just being weak about it. <laughs> I, you hear me say this all the time, and it rings differently when I say it directly to somebody. Jessica, you are worth more of a life than the one you are allowing yourself to live. Okay. You're worth more than that. God help me. Your kids are worth more than that. Your husband's worth more than that. And he has divorced you inside your own home and he's too much of a coward to do anything else. You're right on that. And he's divorced you and he's trying to make you the bad guy. And he's willing to outweigh you forever. You know why? He's got the magic key, beer. Yes. Ta-da. Well, I guess I know where to go from here. <laughs> I will never, ever tell somebody to get divorced, ever. I know you're not, and but I'm, I just needed I'm someone I'm never going to tell somebody to... Can I ask you a hard question? Yes, Do you not I have will. girlfriends you've sat down and had this conversation with? Yes, I do. What do they tell yes. you? They tell me pretty much exactly what you're telling me. So why is it hard? Like, what, what's so terrifying about the next step? I'm going to have to do it. I mean, th- there's really no return. There's no second guessing on that. Once I say it, it's done. It's out there. And oh, I hate doing this to my kids. You didn't. You didn't. You, get, you can't say that. You can't think that. It sounds like you have worked really hard to stay married. Are you perfect in this? Probably 0% chance you're perfect in this. I know you're not. Is that fair? No. Yes. Yes. No, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. 
<laughs> no one is perfect in a marriage relationship. None of us. I know. Okay. And that's what I don't know. Am I doing something? Is there something that I should be doing different that... Well, clearly, if you would cook better and clean the house more and be a better mom and stop <laughs> mooching off your husband, well, yeah, all this stuff would fix it. You see what I'm saying? It's insane. It's nuts. Yes. So if I'm you, here's and you're safe physically, here is the what I would do. I would ask my you've heard me say this a thousand times. It's like the it's like the the meta solution. It solves nothing, but it mm-hmm. provides an environment where solutions can happen. I would tell my husband we need to have a truth telling conversation, and we're gonna schedule it for this Saturday. And you will make childcare arrangements and you need to talk about the future of your relationship, of your marriage, and of your time together. And I would tell him, this isn't a fight. These are two old friends. We just need to go talk. And the whole conversation will be a risk. He could not show up. He could say, I'm not going. I'm not going to have this conversation. I'm not talking to you. Um, and if that's the case, then I think you let him know it's your expectation then that, um, if he wants to divorce you, he needs to go ahead and file. Yeah. And you can say, um, I've worked with a couple recently, um, privately that, the one of the spouses said to the other, I will never file. So if you want out, you're going to have to do it. And they did. Mm-hmm. And I think um, that was hard for everybody. Yeah. But they'd been backed into a corner where one person was just really trying to get the other person to do it because they didn't want to pull the trigger. And the other person just said, I'm not going to. And so then finally, but there was just a truth telling, here's the moment we are in. Yeah. But I would have things written down and say, we haven't had sex in six months. You tell me I disgust you. You don't talk to me. You tell me I don't mm-hmm. cook well. You tell me I'm a mooch. You accuse me of stealing when I pay the electric bill. I get these. Every one of your signals says that you are done with this marriage. Are you done with this marriage? He told me that he wasn't whenever I left last time. He said that he wanted his family back, but I mean, nothing's changed. So I, th- so- I think I, you get back and say, okay, nothing has changed. What does getting your family back mean? And it's going to start with him coming clean. I'd be willing to bet, not a lot of money because I don't have a lot of money, but I'd be willing to bet he's cheated on you at some point if he's not already. This whole thing feels like infidelity. I just don't know if he'd ever come clean with it. I wish he would because I feel like it would be a huge relief. Tell him. If he would. Tell him. Can I just text him right now? Nope. You cannot text any of this stuff. I know. Got it? Will you let me know how the meeting goes? I will. I promise you I will. Let me know how the meeting goes and be prepared for it to go terribly. I know. It could be a disaster. Or it can be two adults having a really hard conversation. And this can be the breakfast that changes everything. Okay. And what I will tell you is I've had two or three of these in my marriage and they've so far all been great. 
The conversations yeah. weren't great. They were hard. But we just turned the lights on and said, let's, we got to take inventory because this track doesn't work. Okay. Okay. So I'm not telling you it's over. I'm telling you. No, I know. He's, he's all but left you. He's done. Yes. He's been done for a while now. That's right. That's right. All right. Cool. I appreciate You're brave. Yes. You're brave. You're brave. Oh, no. And no more, <laughs> no more saying, I'm doing this to my kids. This has been done to you and to your kids, and now it's time to stand up and say, I'm worth a better life than this. My kids are worth a better life than this. My husband's worth a better life than this. And we get to choose. Are we going to have a good marriage, or are we going to choose to not have a good marriage? Are we going to choose to not have a marriage at all? Those are all choices. Choose wisely. Be right back on the Dr. John Deloney Show. Hey, what's up? Deloney here. Listen, you and me and everybody else on the planet has felt anxious or burned out or chronically stressed at some point. In my new book, Building a Non-Anxious Life, you'll learn the six daily choices that you can make to get rid of your anxious feelings and be able to better respond to whatever life throws at you so you can build a more peaceful, non-anxious life. Get your copy today at johndeloney.com. All right, let's take one more. Let's go to Chelsea in Kansas City, Missouri. What's up, Kansas City? Chelsea, how are we doing? Great, John. How are you? Cool. Go Chiefs, right? Yeah, go Chiefs. They killed it this weekend. Yeah, they did. P. Mahomes, he's a Red Raider. (laughs) It's awesome. All right, so what's up? So last year, I divorced my best friend. Um, Why'd you do that? Well, we got married twice. This was a a second round. We're just much better friends than we are married people. Okay. And that happens sometimes. And so I came to terms with that. But I filed for divorce in January of 2020 after a very hard, we were in marriage counseling all of 2019. And it got to the point where every counselor was like, well, you just need to change who you are to me. And I'm like, okay, so I try and I try and I try, but nothing I did even to the point of allowing him to quit his job in February of 19 to stay home with the kids, it still wasn't enough. So we filed in January of 2020, COVID hit in March. So he's home and the kids are home and I'm still working full time at home. And you're divorced? Two months I'm divorced now. Yeah. Our divorce was finalized in May. Um, we had also put our house on the market in January of 2020. Um, and I couldn't live in that chaos anymore. So I moved out in May, the house closed and sold in July and the kids and I moved to an apartment and then he had moved in with my parents at the time because he didn't have a job. Now he lives on his own. Everything's great. But every year around this time, my kids bring up our old house and how much they miss it. And I can't help but feel like I failed them Hmm. and just constantly feel like a failure because I did work so hard to keep our house when he quit his job. But COVID really made me realize how much I missed my kids. Yeah. And being home with them and 
I wasn't willing to be the only one working in the home anymore. But now I find myself struggling this year, feeling so badly that what if we could have worked it out, even though we had tried it twice, we're still like, I mean, last Christmas we went down to Branson together as a group and we get along really well, but we're just so on different spectrums as far as hard work goes that if we set goals, we have to stick to them. And he just was never willing to do that. So, so a home is a metaphor. Home's not a place. Home is a fantasy for y'all. And when your kids say they miss the house, they miss the home. They miss that picture they have. And it doesn't sound like anybody's grieved the loss of your marriage, of your friendship. It sounds like y'all are still playing friend. Y'all are still playing married-ish, sort of, kind of. And nobody has said, this happened. This was devastating. This was heartbroken. I miss the house, too. I miss being married to my best friend, too. And yet, here we are. I started doing that a lot the last couple months. And I'm in a new relationship now where we were having some fights a few months ago. And I'm like, I really think this is on me because I haven't grieved the loss. And so I kind of feel like I'm in limbo, but it's affecting every part of my life. And I've gone to counseling and everybody's like, well, this is all on him. Like you just need to get over it and think better of yourself. It, 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 he could have been the most evil, abusive, angry, awful person. And you still grieve that loss. You grieve the loss of trust in yourself. You grieve the loss of trust in your marriage. You grieve the fact that your kids don't have a dad present anymore. You grieve all of those things. And so the fact that he is a good human being, you just couldn't, you just decided I can't live with him anymore. You got you to gotta grieve that. It doesn't, it, grieving isn't about whose fault it was. Grieving is simply acknowledging the gap between what I hoped for and what actually happened. And I'm, you married this guy twice thinking he was it. And you chose for him not to be. And so you're going to grieve that gap. It's not about finding fault and blame and getting over stuff. No, man. But you're right. It I will think- affect every relationship forward because you don't trust yourself anymore. You don't trust yourself to stick out it when it stick it out when it gets hard. You don't trust yourself to pick right. You don't trust yourself. You just don't trust yourself. That's what grief's for. It's making peace with reality. So I guess my big question is how do I show my kid in future relationships that a marriage can work, especially when the question comes up with, well, you and daddy get along, but why, why couldn't you stay married? And how am I supposed to stay married? Like, how do I show them what a good relationship and that when you get married, it is for good, better or worse. But it wasn't. I don't want to raise them. I know. And I don't want to raise them to think that you can just quit. If it gets hard, you just quit. And I, that's what I feel like I did. Well, then the only thing you can do if you want to teach them that lesson is to teach them out of your, 
out of the things that you did wrong, uh, that you feel like you did wrong. See what I'm saying? You want, to, you want your kids to have a great marriage? Show them what a great marriage looks like. And you're, there's not a lot you can tell them right now because they've experienced it. They've felt it. They've seen it. And so if you get remarried to somebody, they will see what a good marriage looks like 5, 10, 15, 20 years later from now. Oh, this is it. But there's not like going to be some magic conversation you have like, by the way, I did this and this and this, and I feel like I did it like this. That's not how it really works. It really works like that. The kids can't process that. How old are your kids? Mm-hmm. Uh, my daughter is seven and my son is three. Yeah. I mean, that's when your kids say, I really miss the house and you hold them tight and you cry and you say, I miss it too. I really miss it too. And we miss daddy and you say, I miss him too. And then yeah. they say, and- well, then why don't we just go, why doesn't daddy just come back here? You say because you know and- it's funny. They never. I was really afraid last year when we all went on vacation and we had to go to two separate homes that they would be like, "Well, why can't we all stay together?" Not even. They didn't even question it. They will someday. They're just like this is the way. But maybe this is the way life is. Yeah, and you got to remember that they don't have that back. They're just trying to deal with whatever reality is put in front of them. That's what kids do. Mm-hmm. That's the beauty of being a kid, and that is the. That's why being a kid is so brutal. Because they just deal with the reality and put in front of them. You, so Chelsea, live- you, you haven't made peace with this. You are still, you haven't owned this. I feel like I've cried about the loss recently and I'm just like, when is it enough? And I'm in a relationship now where now I'm like, we're living as if we are married. We should get married. But then I don't want to rush into a marriage again just because life looks like we should be married. Chelsea, you're, you're, Chelsea you're still married. You're still married to that dude. You still love that guy. You still call him your best friend. You don't live in the same house with him. You have a separate life than him. But y'all are still together. Your marriage would be great right now. <laughs> exactly. You're playing married. You want both sides of this. You want to be divorced and have the freedom to be with other people. And you want to not have to live with the reality that I am divorced. I left him because we he couldn't keep goals up or he wouldn't. Whatever the thing, the reasons you left him, that's a whole other call. But you have not separated yourself from that relationship. You have a legal separation. But you're still, you haven't let that go. And you've got no business dragging some other poor soul into this until you've let that go. It's like a weird inverted affair, kind of. Am I right? I feel like I've, I have let it go, but I never did the grieving process. You are right about that. I know for a fact I never want to marry him again. But we're still really good friends. And you can be really good friends, but you need to be best friends with your new spouse. And when something funny happens or something sad happens or something great happens, your first call needs to be to your new husband, not to your ex. And I don't think you're there yet. 
it's like somebody died and you still pick up the phone to call them when something happens. You haven't fully, your body hasn't accepted this is over. That's what I'm saying. I think it's hard. with. Oh, it's real hard. It is. But what I'm telling you is even harder is dealing with kids who are living in that limbo. And they are. This has been a weird, summer campy, awful, weird, vacation-y thing. I don't know if you've ever been swimming in the ocean in the middle of the night. It's both exhilarating and terrifying. Because it's just ink black for as far as you can see. And you're bobbing with the waves and you can see your friends around you. But it's also, you don't know what's underneath you. You don't know what's above you. You don't know what's really happening. And that's where your kids are. They deserve the closure. You deserve the closure. Your ex-husband deserves the closure. You got to grieve it. You got to spend a season where you don't talk to him except to drop the kids off. You got to spend a season where you don't call each other or text each other. You have to spend a season forgiving yourself or making peace with yourself You've got to spend a season saying this part of my life is over. Then we will rebuild a new friendship because we have to co-parent these kids. And we're going to love our kids, whatever. He does, can't live at your parents' house anymore. He needs to go have his own life, create his own world. And if he chooses to be homeless, that's his choice. And if he chooses to not want to work, those are all his choices now. He's an adult male. He gets to do that. But you've got to spend some se- a season breaking that relationship off. And you haven't done that yet. Because you still want to hang on to it. The good parts of it. You got to let it go. You can rebuild it later. But right now you got to let it go. Thanks for that call, Chelsea. As we wrap up today's show, let's see here. Who picked this song? Josh. Josh Engineer picked the song by Need to Breathe. The song is called Hard Love. Dang, man. Seems a little bit on the nose for this call. Way to go, Josh. Don't ever screw with the engineers. It goes like this. Trading punches with the heart of desire, going to blows with your fear incarnate, never gone until it's stripped away. A part of you has got to die to change. Josh, dang, Gina. In the morning, you're gone, need an answer, and nobody's going to change the standard. It's not enough to just feel the flame. you got to burn your old self away. Hold on tight a little longer. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Get back up because it's a hard love. You can't change without a fallout. It's going to hurt, but you don't slow down. Get back up because it's a hard love. We're hard loving right here on the Dr. John Deloney Show. Hey, 